And we are live. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. How's everyone doing tonight? Uh, sorry we're a few minutes late, but um, we're here. And we're excited about the conference. Who's coming to the event in May? Uh, it's going to be amazing. All of these beautiful people are going to be there. Uh, we're going to have a lot of fun. Last year was a blast. We hope this year is just as fun, if not better. We're, pl- we're really hoping for some better weather than last year. Last year, we had like record lows and rain and uh, but it was still amazing, but it should be nice and warm this time. And uh, hopefully that's that works out for people who are coming and camping. It's going to be amazing. And if you haven't decided if you're going to come yet, tickets are still available. And we made day passes available um, for those who can't come for the entire event in the entire event. And if you can't make it at, at all, we have live stream passes for $99. And that does include a six month replay. And if you buy an in-person four-day pass, that also comes with a live stream pass. So um, there's a lot of bang for your buck with that. And meal plans are an option if you want to join the meal plan. Uh, it's amazing, guys. The, the eating area is um, almost one of the best parts of the conference where everybody just gets to hang out and eat. It's an amazing buffet. I highly recommend it. And if you uh, want to bring your own food, you can bring your food into the eating area and uh, you can bring outside food. So that is okay. And there's a restaurant on site if you want to take advantage of that. Um, if you guys are looking for roommates or looking for someone to ride with, you can get or join the Telegram group, which is available on the website. There's a link on the journey to truthcon.com that takes you to the Telegram chat. And you can coordinate there and even start meeting and greeting with people now. A lot of people are doing that already. And some people might have gotten kicked out of that chat accidentally. So if you joined it a while back, you might want to check again, make sure you didn't get booted by accident. And um, and especially if you bought a live stream pass, that's going to be where people can do Q&A. And um, if there's any troubleshooting that needs to be done with the live stream, it's all going to be addressed on the Telegram chat. So if you bought a live stream pass, make sure you join the Telegram chat. Uh, what else? I think I'm tired of announcing things, so we're just going to get started. Um, <laughs> uh, welcome to the show, everybody. I'm really excited to have you here. So we're just going to go around one by one, and um, I'll let you guys introduce yourself, and you can tell the audience what you're going to be presenting about at the conference. And Brooks, we're going to start with you, alphabetical order. I can't remember. Uh I think we're going to do asteroid mining, the future of energy, uh, unless there's a really uh, upswell of people who want to hear about hollow earth theory, then we'll do that one instead. Both of them are very well developed and they fit in the time slot. So these are live presentations with pictures that I took on site. They're my own stuff. Uh, Some of it is uh, a little scientific, but uh, I'll, I'll break it down to where the average person can understand it. There is a tremendous amount going on, and it's it will actually blow your mind when you see all the sciences that we've accumulated and present in one presentation. You can't walk away from it and say that we still live on a molten ball floating through space, and we live on tectonic plates like cornflakes and a bowl of milk. Believe it or not, that's what it says in your geology textbook, but you're going to have a totally different idea by the time we're done. I'm really looking forward to this conference. You know, we... We went into global solitary confinement for two years, and now we're out. So we're really itching to 
put on a, a great uh, presentation for you. So please come to the conference. Yeah, I think the hollow earth theory is everyone's favorite. And that's what I love about you because we always talk about this stuff and it's all, it's, you know, it's just a theory. Sometimes we're not really bringing evidence to the table when we're you know interviewing guests. So I like you, you're like bridging the gap between the woo and the science community. Uh, so when we talk about hollow earth, um, you can show like, guys, this isn't just a theory. This is, we have scientific proof and evidence that the planet isn't what we've been told. So that's really exciting and asteroid mining as well. But uh, definitely we'd love to hear about the hollow earth. I'm positive about that. You got it. It's, it's a really good presentation. And when, when I mean scientific evidence, I mean, millions and millions of dollars have been spent on many agencies on many continents and they've gathered all this information. And by the time we present it all, you're you're going to be a knower, not a believer. You're going to be a knower. I like that. The age of knowing. That's what we're moving into. Um, uh, let's go to I don't even know who's next alphabetically, but we'll jump to uh, Brad. Hey, guys. Good to see all my favorite peeps here. And I'm really looking forward to the Journey to Truth conference to share time with you all and your great audience out there. Now, I, for one, Bruce or uh, Brooks, also would put a hand up for Hollow Earth <laughs> because there will be elements of Hollow Earth in my presentation about Antarctica, which is the hidden anomalies of Antarctica, the latest updates. and to exclude what could be under the ice, what could be under the earth, or even how the earth is made up, that is a misconception, as Brooks just said, is very important for people to understand. And this is part of the journey of truth, just as clearing any misconceptions about the continent of Antarctica. And one of those misconceptions is whole notion of flat earth. And we just have to flat out call this a psyops because flat earth theory actually is Antarctica denial. And I could tell you that it is a real place and I set foot on it. And I've even got pictures on my iPhone. If people want to see it and they'll be part of my presentation that we just have to have certain immutable laws of nature that we work with. And one of those is being the notion of this planet we live on as being spherical that would encompass very cold north and south pole and then warm around the equator so it doesn't even worth any of our time to talk about that but it is important to talk about what is real and that is what's also below the surface of this planet and who might be existing under there such as inner terrestrials isn't it interesting that we've always been looking to the sky and be like Oh, they're going to come from far away, the extraterrestrials. We're right here on Earth. <laughs> We've been backward engineering these disks. We're now going on a century. So there's a lot of human activity that's also involved in all this. And then the real big question is entities that have interdimensional properties known as the interdimensionals or ultra-terrestrials. And so... These are all part of this narrative that we're now seeing ourselves in here on planet Earth at this very extraordinary period of time, making sense of what has been 
withheld from us. And that is what I define as esoteric subjects. And I've done uh, my whole three series of books on it. So uh, this and so much more and meeting all of you guys and being out there at the Journey of Truth next month in Grafton, Illinois is something I'm really looking forward to. Thank you, Brad. That was amazing. Yeah, me too. Yeah. yeah. And uh, yes, to this, all of that. right. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And um, guys, just so you know, um, the Friday after the event, if anybody's still going to be around, um, if the weather permits, uh, Brad may be leading a small field trip of people out to the Cahokia Mound site, which you've heard us talk about many times on this channel. It's an amazing ancient site where they found uh, giant skeletons with double rows of teeth. There's old articles that prove this. There's a, there's a number of anomalies there. Um, it's definitely one of the um, lesser known of the ancient sites in North America. They're trying to actually make it into a national park now, which is interesting. Less than 1% of it's been excavated, but they just got a grant to start doing more excavation. So I wonder if something's going on there. It's really interesting. But if you're going to be around till Friday or Saturday after the event and you want to come with us, um, this is just a last minute thing, weather permitting. It's nothing that was on the schedule. So I just want to throw that out there. Um, Sherry, I'm going to go ahead and jump to you next. Oh, wow. Well, hi, everybody. Um, I'm super excited to be a part of this group. Um, my topic is generally uh, starseed children, New Earth children, the Great Awakening. Um, I'm excited about this particular um conversation that I'm going to be having with the group um, that's going to be, you know, tuning in virtually or, or present because I'm going to be talking about some information that's new. Uh, a lot of the information, if not all of the information that I get are through my sessions with children all over the world in many different countries. And uh, it's never a dull moment with some of the things that they tell me. And I have a lot of relevant information about where we are currently um, a lot more information about how they have been manipulated and programmed. So I've spoken about a lot of this stuff in other conferences and workshops, but this is new information I've never talked about. And so we're going to get into some not only uh, galactic soul ancestral healing, but uh, but earth ancestral healing, black box technology, uh, negative entity um, interference, uh, all sorts of really, really juicy topics that I'm excited to bring forward. Um, and then I'm also going to get into the future and what the children are showing me is coming in uh, a lot of different areas of our society and, and humanity and where we're headed and and their um, and what they're bringing forward with us. Um, we're not only talking about galactic origins here, but we're talking about inter inner earth interdimensional beings um, and many have come forward really within the last three to six months. And I've been doing a lot of research and deep dives into that as well. And I have a lot of stuff to uncover there as well. So um, this particular conference for me, I'm, I have been more excited about this than anything else because I'm really saving a lot of this information for this particular conference. And I'm not saying too much on interviews lately, so <laughs> I can't wait to just let it out. Um, so I'm really excited and honored to be a part of this conference. And the children have so much to teach us. And they're here to help us and guide us move forward. And I just am honored to be a facilitator of, of their message. So thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, thank you. That, I'm looking forward to that. When I saw you present in Orlando last year, I was it blew my mind. I was like, I have to have this girl speak at our <laughs> conference. Um, you're just on top of it. I mean, I, you can tell you're passionate about it. It's your mission. 
and I love the way you present and it's very matter of fact and you just um you've done your research you've done your due diligence and you're walking the walk you know talk um so walking the talk we, yeah. What, yeah that's <laughs> what I meant to whatever, say yeah. whatever the phrase is right whatever it is whatever it is um anyway I appreciate that and I'm really excited about it um Samuel, uh, we'll go to you next. Um, for those of you guys who don't know who Samuel is, we hadn't, we did, we had him on the show, I don't know, a few months ago, and it was incredible. It was pertaining to the book, The Thea Uba Prophecy, which I highly recommend for anyone who's never read it. Um, Samuel went and met the author himself before he passed away. And if you don't know, the author was physically abducted and taken to another planet for nine days and brought back and, uh, and he lived to tell about it. And he wrote a book about it. Samuel was so moved by the book. He found the author, spent some time with him. Uh, the author eventually passed away, but Samuel translated the book into Chinese, I believe. And it's the number one seller in China now and other countries, I believe as well. So Samuel, what are you going to be talking about? Yes, I'll be talking about some of the things um, that the author Michelle McKay wrote in the book, uh, the the Theobat prophecy, and some of the researches that I have done so far to really help uh, people to improve their lives, like more practical things, uh, such as the human energy field, or what some people would call the auras, and also the effects of colors on, on the lives of people, especially the physical life and also the emotional life. It also explains a lot of the mysteries, such as the Great Pyramid of Egypt, and also the uh, Bermuda Triangle, and especially it explains a lot of uh, the strange missing cases as documented by David Politis. I was hoping that people can read the book beforehand so that I don't have to repeat every single thing that's, that the book um, covers, uh, because there's much more to... Uh, the research that I've done so far, and also especially given the fact that I am working as a certified court interpreter and a Chinese translator, I'm privy to certain information, and I have special kind of access to information uh, relating to China, especially in the last uh, a few years, in the last three years, that I haven't been able to share to a lot of people publicly, especially on mainstream platforms such as YouTube. So I was hoping that uh, if people can read the book beforehand so that we can spend more time to talk about some of the things we cannot talk about on YouTube. And, um, and I think those are kind of useful and practical information that can benefit a lot of the uh, participants in the conference. Um, and also another project I've been working on is to spread knowledge, um, bring in a lot of uh, interesting um, information to the audience in China. So if you have written books, if you want to present your ideas and thoughts on certain topics to the people in China, you please come to the conference and talk to me because I'm in the process of preparing a package to present to the publishers, to the publishers in China. And so some of the um, like uh, media uh, YouTubers, uh, not YouTubers, but uh, some of the people's internet celebrities or um, in China, and so that uh, we can have a discussion so that uh, uh, more people in China who have been fairly ignorant about certain things um, can open their mind up and to learn more about some of the things that they never see in the mainstream media, um, not to mention about the media in China. 
So, um, so the main theme of uh, of uh, the discussion or the my presentation will be to really provide you with uh, practical information knowledge that can really benefit uh, your your life and to make uh, things much easier when certain things that may happen in the future, such as a potential financial crisis. Um, I have a financial background, so I can talk about that uh, a little bit as well. So, um, so please come to the conference and uh, learn some of the secrets that I have. Yes, I'm excited about that. And to piggyback off what you said about the auras, uh, that was one of my favorite part of the book because they described that if, um, well, he described on the other planet, he noticed everyone was wearing a specific color all the time. And he was, it was explained to him that they wore the color to match their aura. And whenever you do that, it has natural healing abilities when you wear the color of your aura. And they took it a step further. Say, so if you paint your room the color of your aura, then you heal yourself while you sleep. It has immense benefits on your emotional body and your physical body. And so I think that's fantastic. And you've done tons of research on that. And I've heard you talk about it in other interviews. So I'm excited. And I think everyone's going to want to know about that aspect of it. But uh, thank you. We're looking forward to that. And we'll jump to uh, Geraldine, last but not least. How are you doing? Hi, I'm fantastic. Wow, this is an amazing conference. I'm so excited and can't be, can't wait to be there. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I don't know what you're going to talk about. I know we've had you on the show and we've discussed a hybrid program and DNA and genetic engineering and stuff like that. Um, I hope you get into some of that because a lot of people are interested in that. But what are you bringing to the table? Yeah, so I want to talk a little bit about, uh, well, I'm a lifelong experiencer and through my work, through my own experiences, became a clinical hypnotherapist and then jumping into the study of epigenetic psychotherapy. And what I discovered was the connection between the suppression of these memories, of contact memories in DNA and how it's passed down generationally. So we're gonna take a look at the connection between how information is encoded in our DNA, how it's passed down generationally, and the uh, essentially the effect of how collective uh, genetic engineering and social engineering plays a major role in either the suppression of activation of higher faculties, so intuition, abilities to see your aura or your multidimensional body, and in order to learn how to navigate higher dimensions. So this, when you enter into that realm, beginning to understand the relationship between the hybridization program and the soul. What role does this soul, the higher consciousness plays when it embeds into the DNA structure of the human body? Um, so we're gonna be looking at that and kind of understanding the architecture of the human body. How do we navigate this? How do we learn to control, um, in a sense, these kinds of interactions and, more importantly, I guess, as we're coming into this higher consciousness, more people are having ET contact. So how do we navigate these experiences uh, now that this is coming into the mainstream? So this is really in preparation for even death. So we want to begin to learn how to navigate these unknowns. And that's really what it's about. Yeah, that sounds amazing. Uh, the, the DNA, the genetics, um, obviously, that's something that's prominent right now. There's a there's a war against our, I don't want to say too much on YouTube. There's certain words that I can't say, but they are trying to manipulate our genetics and our DNA to suppress us and suppress memories. And I'm interested to hear Absolutely. how that correlation, um, because I haven't really heard anyone talk about that aspect of it, but 
uh, that's a lot of people's favorite subject and also the DNA activations and how that's happening and dormant strands coming alive and um, retaining those memories and, and getting those are not retaining, but recovering those memories. So I'm really looking forward to that. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Erin, mm -hmm. what are you going to be talking about? <laughs> uh, what do you want me to talk about? Uh, yeah, I'll I give just, a talk. Uh, if yeah, one one year we need to include ourselves. Next year, right? Maybe next, next year. Yeah, next year's conference will be called the Conspiracy Theorists Were Right Conference. <laughs> yes. Um, Can we please that. call it that? <laughs> um, hopefully, we get to do it next year. We might have to expand. Unfortunately, like uh, there's only so much lodging on site and in Grafton. Yeah. So, and it's the, the venue can only hold so many people, but maybe we'll expand. Um, but I wanted to talk about probably the most pressing issue right now on the world stage. And that's Bud Light. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. Oh uh, man. It's funny how people flip out about something like that. You can scream into the wind all day long and share all these important topics, but everyone gets triggered about, you know, something like the Bud Light and, that's really interesting to see um, the media-driven narrative, uh, narratives and how they affect the collective consciousness. Um, I don't know even, I don't know. Uh, so Geraldine, I did want you to uh, touch a little more on the hybrid program. And I know, um, Sherry, you've discussed this as well, but can you just let our audience know uh, maybe your understanding of the hybrid program a little bit briefly, and then we'll go from there. Me or Sherry? Yes. No, okay. Geraldine. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, the hybridization program, well, you know, it's a very complex program and it's something that isn't touched on a lot because we have to talk about sex. We have to talk about uh, interdimensional contact and I guess the role of consciousness and one of the most potent life force energies that the human has, which is a creative life force. So um, a lot of this information is suppressed for generations, the utilization of this most potent creative life force, how it's utilized, how it's manipulated, how it's suppressed. Um, and so when you maintain an entire civilization, cultures uh, in the suppression of their most powerful uh, energy, um, a lot of manipulation, a lot of control can occur. And um, uh, what happens is a, a major disconnect between the higher self and the physical. And essentially, the soul doesn't understand its role in the human vessel. And we come into these uh, parasitic cycles of repetition, karmic cycles, patterns of emotional collective trauma passed down through generations, through wars, you know, through all of these socially engineered uh, structures of control through history. And so all of that is embedded in our DNA. But this information, essentially, every time that we create life, we are passing this on to the next generation. But the thing is that we are not co-creating only in the physical terrestrial bodies. We are also co-creating interdimensionally. So we actually create life interdimensionally, uh, sustaining a, a matrix, you can say, uh, within different dimensional layers of this realm. So we need to understand that we, we don't understand our power or the participation and the role that we play. We don't understand if it's good or bad. We, we want to compartmentalize these things in, in categories of good or bad. But really what we're talking about is the soul's ability to access free will in order to understand whether its creation is going to be creative or counter-creative. And this is really what it comes down to. We can create life um, 
even organisms that become entities and parasitic if the way that we unite and the way that we uh, create life is counter-creative and uh, in a way uh, destructive. Okay, so through fear, through anger, uh, through violence. And we can also do the opposite by creating life in a way that's creative consciousness, alchemizing, transmuting life force energy actually activates DNA in order to create human structures that are really, really intuitive, really uh, embedded with the ability to transmute and become a conduit of source. So the hybridization program in resume, in resume and, and to resume that, is essentially the choosing of the human interdimensionally in how it's expressing itself and sustaining either creation or destruction. Um, and that's kind of a way that I would... Uh, describe that but it does pass down through generations and so we are one family existing and co-creating in many dimensional layers mm -hmm. exactly and sherry you just did an episode with alicia brache which um you guys i didn't even get to finish it but i need to um but it was really interesting right off the bat and she touches on similar topics of the hybrid program and stuff and i didn't know if you had anything to add to that or um touch on Oh my gosh, I have a lot to say about that. Um, and it's part of my presentation, so I won't say too much. Okay. Um, but there's a lot of layers to, to all of this. You know, there's the generational aspect of it, like Geraldine just mentioned, where there was the, the downside, the, the de-evolution of the divine blueprint that that we are um that we originated from and how it's transformed over time. And it is it is transformed um over or it is passed down rather through generations and that's what we've been dealing with and how we have de-escalated our evolutions and blocked our or our, our abilities our senses to see auras to be telepathic uh to instantly manifest to tap into our intuition and, and our knowing and all of these things over time and there's a lot of things in our society that they've done uh, to um, perpetuate that, which I'll talk about as well. There's a whole list of those things. And I've mentioned some in the last conference, but there's so many more. I mean, hours can be spent just speaking about that. So it's hard to really pinpoint the exact numbers of things because there's so many. Um, but then we have the children coming in and the, the DNA is changing. And we're seeing evidence of that where more hybrid DNA is coming through. And you see that with uh, Marfan syndrome, for example, where people are coming in and they're embodying more of their true form. So they're longer, they have different uh, longer fingers and, and they, in our, in our world, they need to label that with something. It's something wrong, but in reality, more galactic DNA is coming through and we are reclaiming that divine blueprint and the children over the, the most recent generations are starting to bring that energy through and recreate and redefine and transform and transmute all of that energy so that the hybridization program is actually turning in to a positive as we ascend and we evolve. And so um, that's when we have a merge, soul merging with the mother and conscious uh, conception. Um, you know, there's so much more I can say, but I don't want to monopolize the time, but uh, the, the this is a whole presentation in and of itself, but I will touch upon a lot of that because the hybridization can go in so many different directions, the origin of it, the history, where we are now and where we're going. And so I think Geraldine is going to talk about a lot about where we've been. And then perhaps I can complement that by talking a lot about where we're going. And so I think that will be great, a great compliment from the two of us and anyone else that's going to speak about that as well. Yeah, that's amazing. Thank you for that. And um, this kind of ties in, Brooks, when we had you on the show, you were talking about the splitting of consciousness and how, you know, um, this timeline split, whatever you want to call it, old earth, new earth, um, it seems like um, 
some people are going moving into this higher density, this higher dimension, uh, 5D, some people call it. And then there's people that are, you know, maybe subconsciously choosing to live that 3D life still. Maybe um, mm. this isn't their go around. This, this time isn't uh, their time to uh, move on. So maybe you could um, help people understand what that split is actually looking like right now from your point of view. Okay. Uh, this comes down to uh, a subject that's kind of concise. It has to do with three different kinds of memory that we have as a, as a, as a spirit bonded to what I call the biological transducer. We have star memory, we have light memory, and we have chemical memory. Now, the star memory is the entanglement of the matter, the actual 3D matter that it takes to build your body. As a fetus, uh, every seven or eight years, you change over all the cells in your body. So our relationship with the Earth and all the matter that it takes to make up Earth is in relation to certain star formations when we're conceived and as we grow. So the matter that it takes to build us up and where the earth is in the procession also awakens things in us. Now, there's also a light memory, and that is the age of our spirit. We could call it the soul if you want, but it comes from source, and we are older than worlds. We just can't remember those things. We don't have a set of, of, of definitions by which we can relate to those memories, but those memories are coming to people. Now they're beginning to remember them. And when they do at first, they're kind of confused. Then a lot of people just tune them out or deaden them with drugs or alcohol or something like that. But some of us are awakening to them and realizing that we're a lot older than this earth chronological age. And we're beginning to bring those memories into this, this mortal life. And that's really changing everything. And the last one, of course, is the chemical memory, which uh, we're already talking about, which is where we inherit certain. Body shape, uh, their physiological uh, characteristics like, I don't know, diabetes or uh, weak muscles or weak bones, these kinds of things are handed on from generation to, to generation. But the human being is an autonomous soul address. And once we realize that we are a total charge of our individual soul condition, nobody rules over that. Now we can abdicate that to someone else, but once we take control of it, we begin to master our own lives. And it doesn't take very long to do that. It takes a length of time to make a great success of it, but it can be done. And the main thing to do and why we do these conferences, why we meet people and shake hands and, you know, look you in the eyes because we want you to remember who you are. And once that happens, your life will never be the same again. Yeah, that's amazing. And I think it's it's the people when you remember who you are that really is, that sends you on that awakening journey, right? And the path of ascension, and um, that's kind of where the split occurs. Some people aren't that the amnesia is potent. Like I think some star seeds come here thinking they're going to come and you know I'm going to go and help Earth. I'm going to go on this mission. We're going to do it, and then they're born and they don't understand the potency of the amnesia, and they might even get stuck in the cycle, you know. So. Uh, it takes a lot to break free from that. But right now it seems to be happening in numbers and waves. Uh, 
to the point where the mainstream media has to acknowledge starseeds because I think we're becoming a threat, actually. Um, and the divide, the split is already occurring before our eyes if you have the eyes to see it. And why uh, do you really think they had to lock the world down for two years? Because we were making progress. Right. right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, Brad, I don't know if you want to add anything to that. And, you know, you you always you were talking about, um, I think, at one point, the CIA initiative to make sure that everybody that basically at some point, everything we learn is a lie. Like, like this isn't just something that happened. This has been the agenda. And this is the reason they're suppressing us. And there's black magic involved. I don't know if you want to get into any of that. That's uh, quite a bale of uh, worms there to digest, uh, <laughs> but I'll, I'll take a crack at it. Yeah. yeah so so it, what, what we're coming to realize is everything is fake that we've been told from the time cradle to grave, really, uh, through indoctrination in school to what the government is telling us is the, the reality of our world to uh, the news media, just outright lying. So we have to reassemble all the pieces in such a way that it's coherent for everybody to start getting a new grasp of the new earth of the new human. And that's what this conference I'm hearing is going to touch upon a lot of this really important subject matter, who we are as human beings. And did we just split right before our very eyes and become two homo species of human? I think we might have. And then this is the future of hybridization, just as important as it is to know the past of hybridization and all the skull drudgery that we've been taught and expected to learn all this while. So the actual quote comes from William Colby, who is in the first briefing with Ronald Reagan. And I looked this up and I got verification from other sources that said he really did say this. So in 1981, the head of the CIA gets in front of Reagan and his new administration and says, we will know that our disinformation campaign is successful when everything the American people believe is false. So it's been this level of deception uh, for decades, right? And, and we know that they've done the workaround on the mass media as once there was truth in media. There were laws for truth in advertising and truth in media. And the workaround came uh, a little over a decade ago. Uh, main one was in the uh, NDAA rider of 2012. And they it was passed on New Year's Eve on 2012. So they knew nobody was going to look into it. But they've just systematically stripped away all the truth in media laws to the point where propaganda is legal. Lying to the American public is okay. You can spin a yarn. You can pretend like you're uh, somewhere where you're not during a war, for example, when CNN was busted for the alarms going off and, oh, we're being bomb raided in Baghdad. No, you're not. You're in a sound studio at CNN in Atlanta, Georgia. So that's the extent of, of how this di disinformation programs have really uh, given us a new ball of wax to untangle and to reinterpret this new world we're living in so th that's why these conferences are great you guys and i really uh, am happy uh we're all on the same page and talking about these subjects that really really do matter right and i titled this live a new foundation of truth 
And the reason I said that is because I, I just began to realize there was never a foundation of truth to begin with. And that's why everyone's so confused right now. There's so much information going around, misinfo, disinfo, potential truths, uh, but no one, nobody knows what to believe. Everybody's looking for something. Everyone's looking for purpose. We're confused. We're lost. There was no foundation of truth to begin with. So um, these new ideas and concepts are coming forward. And I, I think it's good to just, you know, kind of go back to the basics. And I think it really does go back to figuring out who we are and getting to know ourselves in a way we've never done before. And you can figure out what's true based on what your body is telling you and how you respond to certain information. And you don't need to ask for ask people what they think or go to external sources to tell you because you can get to a place where you can figure it out on your own. But that's also why I like the Thea Uba prophecy. If we are going to talk about a foundation of truth and a galactic history, I'm not saying that book is the end all be all. I've heard a lot of stories about our galactic history. Uh, but when I read that book, something Res really, really resonated about when they, when they kind of told the history of our planet and the different civilizations of ETs coming here at different times and and how they had advanced technology and they were you know moving around the planet, which explains why you know there's the same structure and architecture all over the planet. And I don't know, Samuel, if you wanted to add to that and, and that aspect of the book and the galactic history part, and you know, are you going to be touching on that at all? Yes, it really depends on whether the uh, participants of the conference have read the book or not. If uh, they haven't, then I have to repeat uh, some of the things within the book, which is uh, really, really kind of uh, dense, uh, dense information. So um, it talks about uh, where the different kinds of people came from, like the Black people, the Yellow people, and the Caucasians, and the Jewish people, and including the Polynesians who actually came from a different planet called uh, Arima X3 uh, with an advanced civilization that started the civilization of Lemuria, uh, which uh, existed about 20,000 years ago until 14,500 years ago when it sunk into the ocean. Um, that civilization had a lot of technologies such as uh, anti-gravitational technologies and uh, supersonic vibrational systems to build a great pyramid. And that technology passed on to the people in um, uh, in Atlantis, and um, a great learned person called uh, Thoth um, went to Egypt and built a great pyramid, um, and that's actually the history of um, the, the 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 great pyramids in the world. But then, since um, Atlantis sunk into um, disappeared as well. Um, the technologies were lost so that uh, you can see the pyramid structures on earth um, in the later periods were are smaller and more kind of uh, crude than than the great pyramid of egypt so that explains a lot of things so in this book there are a lot of uh, specific verifiable information that people can look up to uh, specifically it tells a very important concept that most people overlook in the bible which is the kingdom of God is within you. So when you want to seek for the truth or answers, you don't need an intermediary or agent uh, like the organized religions or specific politician or organization. You can just uh, ask inside of yourself and to really follow the directions of your higher self. Because, uh, and I'll be talking about uh, how 
the meaning of life and, and how, how things are, are supposed to be uh, here. And, um, and I hope that I, I can also tell a lot of the secrets, as I mentioned, that I cannot share with you um, publicly on, on YouTube, uh, because I think that applies to a lot of uh, the things uh, that people will encounter in the future. Um, and I think it's important to look around us and to see what is really going on uh, and, and not to really rely on on the mainstream media or the narratives of the government. Um, and I'll be sharing some of the information that I learned from my work uh, as a Chinese translator, and especially the things from China, uh, the whistleblowers from China, who, um, who provide information that uh, I think can be beneficial to a lot of the uh, participants in the conference. And I don't know if you are going to kind of record it and put it on YouTube. I think you have to censor out uh, some of the information <laughs> that I'll be talking about. <laughs> well, it'll be um, the live, it'll be going to Rumble first okay. anyway, um, just for that reason, because we know that happens. I know you've recently done an interview that got removed immediately because yes. of the content. So, um, yeah, obviously, there's tons of things that we can't talk about on YouTube. We've done a couple Rumble specific episodes because of that. And it, that also is a telltale sign that we're over the target because, um, you know, they're trying to silence us and suppress us at, at all costs right now. And uh, I don't know, Aaron, did you want to chime in on anything before we move on? No, no, not really. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's easy. It's been amazing so far. Um. So I'm really interested. I know, um, I don't know if everyone here is an ET experiencer, but I'd like to hear about some experiences that people have had lately, or if they're noticing any changes um, in particular in their lives and just, um, you know, uh, even uh, their bodies or their uh, potentials as far as like intuitive capabilities and stuff like that. I'd like to touch on that because I feel like upon this activation, these things within us are being activated and if you guys have any experiences that you would like to share, any were you abducted, were you taken, whatever, um, does anybody want to jump in on that? Sherry, I'll start with you. Okay, sure. I always have something to say. I know, I can uh, tell. Uh, well, actually, I have an interesting one. I talked briefly about it with Lily um, recently on her channel, Lily Nova. We talked about um, my encounter. I was woken up in the middle of the night. Well. I had been communicating off and on with uh, the Sasquatch community, kind of the collective Sasquatch community, um, off and on through clients for years. Um, and it's been coming up, up a lot more. And I was getting kind of this inkling to do, uh, to bring it with, toward, uh, bring it up for the children. And so I was kind of, you know, I have a lot on my plate. I'm constantly doing something. And I was like, yeah, I'll do it later. I'll do it later. And I was putting it off. And then one more, one night I was sleeping, it was like three in the morning and I was rudely awakened <laughs> um, when I was sleeping and it, it wasn't so rude. It was actually quite beautiful, but um, a young Sasquatch soul spirit came to me and we had this long conversation in kind of a lucid dreaming that estate that I was in. Um, and he was a young uh, Sasquatch. It, I never got an exact age, but I would say, you know, like a teen, teen age yeah, um, around that and we had a long conversation and he was telling me that it's time that children learn about the true nature of Sasquatch and their indigenous nature and, uh, and what um, has been done to them, but in a way that children can understand and really um, 
uh, work towards uh, uh, deprogramming the fear, I guess, essentially is what he was saying. There was so much more to it than that. Um, but as a result of that, uh, I wrote a script literally the next day for our first uh, Luna, um, our dog series for children's book uh, called Luna meets, uh, we call it Bigfoot. And it's all about Yoni, this, this Sasquatch and what he wanted me to say to start. So I thought that was really beautiful because I think it's the beginning of um, our introduction to children um, on interdimensional beings because there are fairly incorporated fairies into that uh, script. Um, and we're going to bring forth dragons and um, uh, mermaid and a bunch of other inter interdimensional beings um, and because of this conversation that I had, because it's not just about Sasquatch, it's about um, uh, taking away that taboo nature uh, because they uh, fictionalize a lot of these things for children. And so you see them on t-shirts and in movies, they, children believe that they are, they are not real. And in reality, many of them are very real. And so we're, um, so this beautiful Sasquatch Yoni um, facilitated this whole movement for me. So um, that's something I, I could share. That's that's incredible. And uh, the last roundtable we did with um, the the remainder of the speakers, uh, we talked about Sasquatch because it's I don't know if you guys know, but that area is a kind of a hot spot um, in Grafton, Illinois, as far as uh, there's just been uh, there's a lot of myth and legend out there and lore about even winged beings and uh, Sasquatch and on property. They have some Sasquatch, you know, signs and stuff. But the energy is there. It's very squatchy, I guess you could say. Um, <laughs> Brooks, uh, you told a, an amazing story. He actually got to play with uh, Sasquatch when he was a child. He has an incredible oh, wow. story. Um, I don't know if you you feel like telling that story again. Uh, I I had a a lost time incident, and I really didn't even know about it until I, you know, got in the fourth and fifth grade. But. Uh, we were up in the Sierra Nevadas at a campground. I was my ninth year. So I was getting ready to start, I think the third grade and, uh, or maybe I was in the third grade, but anyway, we were camping up in the mountains and we were the only people in this campsite, uh, a campground, one campsite. And, uh, I went fishing Saturday morning. I wanted to get up. My mom and grandparents didn't. So I took my tackle box and rod and walked maybe 75 yards from where our tent was to where the creek was further up the mountain and uh as i remember it i just cast it a few times didn't obviously catch any fish and got bored with it skipped a few stones picked up my rod and reel and walked back to the campsite but as the events that happened after that as i walked back to the campsite the the mint green uh, Ranger's pickup truck was there at our campsite and the Ranger was outside the truck talking with my mom who was up and had her arms folded talking to him and when my mom has her arms folded that was bad news for everybody so as I was walking up they sort of turned to me and said hey where have you been I said well I was right up at the creek you know casting and maybe playing around a little bit and then came back and he, they said, no, you've been gone all day. So it's been like eight or nine hours I was gone. And they said they went went up to the creek and saw my tackle box and rod, but I was nowhere to be found. So they were going to start, you know, dragging the creek looking for me. And here I come walking up and it's like, I don't know, I was in big trouble. But that's not the weird part. The weird part is what happened when school started in the fall. 
I suddenly knew all the answers. I was the kid in class that blurted out all the math answers, you know, before the teacher finished writing it on the board. And I read all the SRA readers and I was a big behavior problem. My mom tells the story. And so they pulled me out of school and put me in military school for three years to try to, to lock me down. And I don't think it worked, but anyway, I prevailed upon them and was able to go back to public school in the sixth grade. By the seventh grade, I was one of the top math students in the entire state of California. In the eighth grade, the newspaper came to interview me, and I don't remember all the interview, but I remember one question. What do you want to be when you grow up? I said, I want to be an asteroid miner. That was 1968. We hadn't even gone to the moon yet. I already knew that we were going to be mining asteroids. And... It didn't stop there. I got studied by Long Beach State, all kinds of ESP experiments. You know, California was really big on those things in those days. And it just uh, just kept going. The point is, I was never a little kid after that. I was a fully functional adult scientist in a little boy's body. And I was just trying to get out. So that's been a problem my entire life. Of course, now I'm old, so everyone expects me to know all this stuff. But when you're 11 or 16, nobody expects you to know this stuff. So now I know what the star seeds are going through today because right. that's what it was like in the 60s mm -hmm. for me. Yeah, that's incredible. Yeah. And I think I might have had your story mistaken with Andrew Bisaggio's, um, Bisago, however you say it, as far as uh, playing with the Sasquatch when he was a child. So I apologize about that. Um, that's all right. Andy's a good friend. If you mistaken me for him, I am highly complimented. <laughs> Yeah, no, he has an incredible story as well. Um, but no, that's that's amazing. Like the missing time. That's actually something that happened to me uh, very recently. And we always wonder what what's going on when that happens. Right. But I, I probably I, have to sit with uh, Sherry and get her to figure out what happened in that lost time. I don't I've never yeah, actually it. done that with a professional. So I've just taken it as part of my life and I'm just moving on with it. Right, exactly. Well, maybe it's time to do that at the conference. So, <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, off um, the top. He laughs. Yeah, yeah. Um, Brad, how about you? Uh, I know you're always talking about your research, but are, have you had any experiences? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, yeah. And, and, uh, so I travel a lot. And, and I, when I did these uh, Sacred Places books in the early 2000s, combined with going around the world in one direction and took me three years to backpack around the world. So I could tell you, yeah, it's spherical. I went in one direction, ended up back where I started. <laughs> I've been within one degree of the Antarctic circle and about that close to the Arctic circle up in Trondheim, Norway. So I have a world perspective. I've been to all seven continents. And while I was doing a lot of my traveling to these sacred places, I was discovering that a lot of them have paranormal qualities to them, whether they be represented as a stargate and sometimes people saying they have stepped through it. Amumeru uh, on the banks of Lake Titicaca is a good example in Peru. Uh, two paranormal hotspots such as Skimwalker Ranch and Bradshaw Ranch, which is sort of its twin brother near Sedona, Arizona, which is rife with activity. I'm going down there this weekend for the Sedona UFO uh, tours conference. 
And that's all they do is look at the sky every night with, uh, with the, uh, night vision goggles. And I know several people that do this with the, with these night vision and their motto is if you don't see something, your money back, guess what? They've never had to give a refund because every single night they're seeing stuff wow. and seeing incredible stuff, uh, mothership cigar craft, uh, flaring up. And this is also true at, uh, James Gilliland's Eseti ranch in Washington state. Uh, and I've been there for, uh, Clyde Lewis's ground zero conference, both nights, just all kinds of activity, totally inexplicable to any kind of, uh, air traffic that we would be familiar with, but even having a connection of consciousness, whereas when all the participants say flare up, they do sometimes. Uh, and that could only be because there's a connection with the people down on earth. And of course, if they have big lasers, they're flashing at them too. So, uh, I'm very, very interested in this connection that the human race is now having with so many terrestrial type creatures, uh, mainly the benevolent ones that are here to also assist us. And I do believe telepathically, if you ask for assistance, you can get it. Uh, and some of these conferences that we speak at, they do CE5. Close Encounters of the Fifth Kind, and they actually will meditate and draw craft in. And I know Lily Nova uh, has had experience this way, too, that they seem to follow people around. And be they will reply to respond to our uh, asking for a sign. So maybe we can get some night vision goggles. And I know you guys do the uh, around the campfire nights, which is so cool. Uh, Let's try to do it. Let's try to do a oh, live. Oh, we're going to do it. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, do Lily Nova. She'll, I mean, she'll be at the conference and yeah. she, she plans on doing that. Anyway, she's, a, we're gonna she's a St. Louis, St. Louis local too. I'm yeah. definitely oh, bringing gosh. scotch and a cigar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There you go. It'll be a long night, Brooks. <laughs> um, yeah. So it's the, you know, we did bonfires last year, but there's an amazing cliff um, to sky watch from. It's incredible. Uh, if we if we have the weather, I mean, it's going to be amazing. And Lily will be doing CE5. So we're going to be we're going to see what we can see and just hang out. Uh, the nightlife is amazing there. It's just, you know, feels kind of like a I don't know. It's like this summer camp vibe. It's it's awesome. It's fun. And uh, everyone's just together. And it's a, it's a blast. So um, Geraldine or Samuel, do you have any experiences that you want to share anything that's been happening lately? routine first <laughs> yeah that's fine sure um well um you know i'm a lifelong experiencer but one of the things that i would really love to do is to expel the idea that we uh, are experiencing these things only in certain circumstances I mean, we are interdimensional beings, and we, when we learn how to activate our faculties, should be able to experience and tune into these things at any moment, at any time, you know, and um, I mean, over the years, I mean, I, I've been on board craft, of course, I was taken to the Pleiades, I was shown information, I was introduced to my hybrid children, and these are the kind of stories that I hear every month in my support group people from around the world that are just having these experiences and their lives are changing. I mean, as a result of my contact experience, I returned with psychic abilities, psychic abilities that 
really uh, disturbed my life for three months. I couldn't leave my house. Um, but in those three months, I began to understand myself as a human, understand my body and how it worked. Um, and of course, that's that's never left. It's only changed. And um, there's also profound connections with people that have near-death experiences. I had a near-death experience in 2018, and that allowed me to see this other realm as well and consciously bring back that memory, also activating other other things in me, other abilities, uh, like, 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 like language, sorry, and also um, art, artistic abilities. Um, a lot this this seems to be a very common thread with experiencers they become activated in ways that you cannot explain like brooks i never heard that story before it's so amazing i mean that's phenomenal and i i hear this in my support group all the time people that change careers change their life and have these activated abilities so we we, we need to understand that this um interdimensional realm is something that we need to learn how to navigate how to master the physical body, deprogram matrix programming in order to activate higher faculties and begin to uh, have these as norm because they are going to be the norm. Interdimensional contact experiences will be a new norm. Here, 10 years from now, we're gonna be listening to this recording and we will know that you know this is the foundation of a new humanity. It's a new human that's being created as Sherry will probably discuss about the new children coming in, but our DNA is also changing in a way that will facilitate that. So mm -hmm. I have a lot of experiences that I could share, but I don't, I don't want to take up too much time. So I'll maybe just... we should work on an instruction yeah. manual because I didn't get one. <laughs> oh, it's encoded in your DNA. We, we have to get in there. All right. Samuel, go ahead. Yeah. And guys, and Samuel, before you go, if you guys have any questions in the chat for any of the presenters on the roundtable tonight go ahead and throw them in the chat and maybe we can do a few questions before we wrap this up but samuel if you wanted to add to that or say something no i know my life mission my life mission is to uh or life purpose is to spread knowledge like the knowledge contained in the book uh, feel about prophecy and other books so in my subconscious mind i'm hope i was hoping to really achieve my life mission without the assistance of uh, the ETs or extra like Theobans, because that way I can learn as much as I can to get the most out of my life. So I haven't been really asking them to help me and to contact me unless uh, if it's absolutely necessary, then then that's, that will be fine. So I haven't had any uh, direct contact with uh, any of the ETs, even though my friend, a very close friend of mine, she had an encounter with uh, Grace recently, a few months ago which uh, indirectly proved that um, even the ET, even the grace are, are benevolent uh, in a sense. And, and, and also, um, I think uh, to achieve uh, my life purpose and my life mission is to really spread knowledge to the people who rely on mainstream media, like people who listen to CNN or Fox News or rely on Wall Street Journal or The Economist. So in my mind, I think uh, without my uh, kind of uh, direct experiences with the ETs, that could be a beneficial kind of um, factor when I try to reach out to those kind of stubborn mainstream media reliant people. So that's that's actually um, I think uh, I think uh, so far I haven't had any kind of uh, paranormal <laughs> contact experiences so far, but I can share like um, some more grounded experiences that I have. <laughs> 
Well, that's that's beautiful, and that's I love it's it's everybody has uh, you know we're all on a specific mission, and I love your stance on that. Like you're here to do this from your you know you're here for the human experience, right? Yes. And I like you're just you want to see what you can handle and what you're capable of on your own without any assistance or guidance. I love that. Um, we do have a question for Geraldine. Um, you you said that you were introduced to your hybrid children. Can you please expand on that? Yeah. So since I was the age of five, um, I was having dreams about children being presented to me. For example, my mother out of a white light would bring a little child to me um, and she would be a beautiful golden blonde hair. Um, and I wouldn't understand who this child was, but I had this very vivid reoccurring dream in combination with experiences like missing time, lights in my room. And these are not things that just happened all at once, things through the years that, you know, not really remembering too much about it. Um, but in uh, 2013, uh, when I was taken on board a craft um, by uh, these tall greys, I was introduced to these eight lights uh, from which emerge these children. And when I connected with them, I recognized them as my own, almost as if you are seeing a long lost relative or your mother, you know, that you've never met, perhaps. It was just an instant connection and recognition. And uh, it immediately triggered memories of having birthed them in some way in, in because the hybridization work works in a very specific manner. Um, and being with them in other occasions. And I, I was very baffled as to where these memories were. How did I not remember that? How was I not consciously aware of this? Um, and it wasn't until um, you know, I got back from that experience that I began to realize that there was another part of me subconsciously that I had not accessed. So this was another layer of me. It, it completely shattered my paradigm. Um, up until that point, I really didn't have the language to speak about hybrids or ETs. It wasn't in my realm of consciousness. I wasn't a fan of sci-fi. So this wasn't in my realm and therefore it shattered. But the hybridization program functions in a way that there is an insemination process. There's implantation using your genetic, genetic data. There's implantation. There's uh, the gestation process. There's an extraction and there's a presentation. So after listening to hundreds of men and women having these experiences, there seems to be a common way that this works. And the presentation process is really important. Um, just as it's scientifically shown that in order for little rats and mice to grow and develop to their best ca uh, capacity, they have to be nurtured by the parent. They have to have that warmth, that hug, that, you know, th those chemicals that are nourishing the body. Okay. So we, it's kind of the same thing. They are presented to the child. Um, both men and women are presented to children in dreams, um, through strangers, and this creates a memory recall it'll usually wake up consciousness, it wakes up DNA, and they will remember other memories as well. So this is this is a really huge topic, but I will just leave it there, okay? Yeah, yeah. it is. And, and thank yeah. you. Thank you for that. Uh, Samuel, somebody wanted to know, um, can you briefly explain your meeting with Michelle uh, Desmarquet, the author of the book? Yes, uh, so back in 2014, when I found this book um, on Amazon, I was shocked at this content because it really answered all my questions regarding uh, the purpose of life, stories in the Bible, uh, inconsistencies in the Bible. 
the mysteries of the Great Pyramid of Egypt and the Bermuda Triangle and the human, like the ancient civilizations. And it's really like a, a combination of uh, the different uh, uh, theories and also with specific verifiable facts. Um, but in the postscript of the book, it says there are more incredible things that the author, Michel de Marquet, was not allowed to write about it because we were far from understanding them. So I thought that was uh, kind of, kind of, um, kind of uh, smart enough to to know the content and what's more incredible about it, and uh, there because the content is really incredible enough. So I, I really wanted to know why, and I didn't know that curiosity kills the cat. So I took the uh, initiative and and tracked him down in Vietnam. So in 2016, I went to Fukuok Island in Vietnam and. I didn't know where he was living at that time. So I just uh, showed the taxi driver a photo of um, the bungalow that he was living in at that time. And the taxi driver took me there. Wow. Um, yeah. That's amazing. Yes, I know. So, uh, <clears throat> and then he was kind of uh, upset, uh, annoyed at my visit because he didn't want to be bothered. He was um, depressed um, after trying to tell everyone what happened to him and no one believed him. So, but his attitude changed a few days after when he found out that I was able to help him to follow up with the contract that he signed with a Chinese publisher. The publisher was going to pay him $2,000 for the copyright fee, but never contact him again. And it turned out that the publisher wasn't going to publish the book in China because of the censorship. And he asked me to follow up and to find a different publisher, which I did. And the book became a bestseller in both China and Taiwan. Very, very interesting uh, event. So that's how I met him and, and uh, we kept in touch. And, and the second time I visited him was because he sent me an email through his nep- uh, niece. Um, he he he. He didn't know how to type comp- um, at all. He didn't know how to use a computer, and he just dictated to his niece in, in like, and his niece uh, typed it out and sent a message to me saying that he he could reveal the the one thing he wasn't allowed to write in a book to me personally, and I had to visit him in person. Uh, so I did in two thousand eighteen, just a few months before he passed away. That's um, a movie right there. That, wow. that is a movie right there. Um, yeah. So people have been asking me what he told me about. And and unfortunately, um, he said that the, the EPs told him not to uh, not to allow me to tell anyone else. But, but what they didn't say was that they, I couldn't write an article about it, giving as many hints and clues as possible so that people can know what it is about uh, without knowing the specific information because the information he told me was extremely specific and uh, very, very specific information. So I give a lot of clues in the article and the title of the article, the title of the article can be found on my website. I think Aaron and Tyler, you put it on your, um, the, the, the interview that I did with you, right? Yeah. Yes, we did. Yeah, the title is The Second Coming of Christ. So maybe you can know something about it. Yeah. Yeah. And I've read the article and I thought maybe I figured it out, but I don't know if I, I got it right or not, but uh, it, it's worth reading guys. And the link is under the episode with Samuel. I don't remember the episode number. Um, 
thank you so much for sharing that. Uh, sorry if there's been more questions coming in. I was so enthralled in that story. Um, can someone talk about cloning centers as described by Donald Marshall? Uh, Brad, do you have any information about uh, clones? Have you ever covered that in any of your work? Well, yeah, it's worth exploring because it is a reality. It is, it's weird science. Uh, as the ladies have put out, it involves sex. It involves who the human race is, why our genome is so very important. Look, it's, it's basic science too. Remember in the 1980s, we had Dolly the sheep was cloned and that was actually a huge scientific breakthrough. But to think that they haven't moved over to the human realm is just being naive because of course they have. So I think it's it's our opportunity and maybe even it's what we should be talking about because this isn't being covered any other way. Uh, and that's why these conferences are really, it's breakthrough information that you get and uh, to understand and learn this new idea of humans being cloned, hybrid species, perhaps even into the extraterrestrial realm, including the men in black. And yeah, I do cover all these subjects because this is esoteric. This is what is known by only a, a select few and in uh in future esoteric i did a whole chapter on the men in black and they are i think the the, the best analyzation of who and what they are because they are extremely telepathic they do appear to have time travel capabilities there were a lot more frequent visitations from the men in black in the decades prior to now i think the, a lot of their activity has uh, has tampered down, and and that could largely be because of this great awakening that the human race is having, that their work is no longer uh, necessary or even allowed, because they are they are of a malevolent type that they would give veiled threats to some of their uh, contactees, and and the large amount of what people said they experienced with the men in black was right after a paranormal experience, right after seeing a UFO, for example, or a CE five experience face to face with ETs. And before those contactees, and this is in the age before cell phones could even get to a pay phone or back home to make a rotary dial call. They were confronted with the men in black who right. in very, uncertain terms told them do not share that experience don't don't pick up that phone we're not yeah. going to let you but without being uh directly involved in uh saying we're going to harm you or directly harming them they were always veiled threats telepathically not to convey that information and it's true. I mean, look at look what Kirby's been doing in the news lately about this uh, document leak. He's been going to the press saying, now, look, don't you publish this stuff. And you people out there, don't you be reading that? Yeah, right. yeah right. They, he's exactly right. That's what they do. They want to suppress the truth because they don't want people to wake up. They don't want people to figure it out. Right. Absolutely. And um, to 
add to that about the uh, clones, Aaron and I's next webinar is actually going to be on, um, it's going to be called It's an Illusion. Uh, movie magic isn't just for Hollywood. We're going to be talking about clones, mask, deep fake technology, and even hologram technology. But we're going to go on a deep dive. It's going to be a long webinar and we're going to prove cloning. I mean, there's so much evidence out there. We're going to show examples of it, examples of the mask um, and the deep fake technology and how we're going to maybe show you how to identify it, what to look for. But it's going to be uh, amazing. I'm actually really excited about it. So stay tuned for that. We are going to dive deep into that. And I love the topic of clones. It's one I've been wanting to cover for a long time. So um, who are the Illuminati? Who wants to answer that one? I think I can. <laughs> I don't know. You, you know, I, I want to say something before you jump in, Brad. But I, um, after Theobald Prophecy, I was uh, researching auras or human energy field. So I was searching for a way to see auras. And then I saw on a forum that um, someone posted that there is a book titled 334,000 Lies. Uh, which uh, talked about how to see auras. Uh, it turned out that uh, that book was originally written in German, so I translated it into English. It's written by the highest chair of a secret society that was founded in Germany, which I later found out that was the uh, Illuminati. And it talks about his personal experiences, how he was a um, he, how he turned from college student, being initiated, kind of uh, a Kind of, kind of seduced into this uh, by, by a lady, by a girl, into this kind of a lodge, what they call the lodge, the lodge. And then after a lot of the, uh, what they call the ceremonies or, or initiation processes, he, he went from um, the lowest level to the highest level. So became the chair of that organization. It talks about how they're able to use um, a specific form of uh, astrology and numerology to, to predict future events and how they're able to perform what we would call supernatural abilities, such as levitation, such as um, seeing auras and, and influence people's mind and, and the politicians and, and also a lot of the, um, what they call the black magic and how they perform the rituals and, and the purpose of doing that. Like uh, some of the scenes are really, really uh, graphic and I, uh, yeah, I, so that's why I never talk about it. Yeah, so, so, but the most important thing that it talks about, uh, it's, it's going to be a long conversation, but uh, it talks about uh, how he finally realized that everything is about love. And he wanted to really turn this organization to an organization that coexists with uh, the rest of the world. But then he found out that there's a kind of like antichrist antichrist figure that was going to who was going to overpower him, and that's the reason he decided to make it public, so that the organization can be can be destroyed from within. Um, and also talks about the the way to destroy the Illuminati is to through collective consciousness or collective actions, because even though they have um, supernatural abilities or psychic powers. They're afraid of the power of the people. If people act together, um, they cannot really do anything against the, the power of the people. And it also talks about there are two headquarters of that organization. 
one in Germany and the other in New York City, and how they are able to influence some of the politicians in the world and and how how they do certain things. Um, so so I think if people really want to learn about the the secret societies such as the Illuminati, and I think that's a book to to get to to get a different perspective. What's the name of that book? From the top. What's the name of that book again? Three hundred thirty-four lies. L i e s. Three hundred thirty-four lies. I've never read it, but it's on the list. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> well, um, I have to warn you. It's very graphic. It's not for the average reader because it's. Uh, yeah. yeah it's, One thing you have to understand is there are initiations in the levels of the Illuminati. You don't just get there by family name you have to do stuff and that's yeah. the graphic nature of these initiations so when you see you know the hillary clintons and the uh klaus schwabs these people have done terrible things in order to acquire that much power yes yeah. absolutely absolutely um the and it's really interesting you know it's the illuminati but there's other secret societies also involved with skull and bones i mean uh, the Illuminati, I don't know um, how much power they have anymore, but obviously they are behind a lot of the illusions we're talking about. Uh, but the initiation process, yes. And sometimes I think people are blackmailed into those positions as well. Uh, they may not even want to be there. And I love what you said, Samuel. It's, they can't they can't hold a flame to us. I mean, the collective consciousness, If we, that's why they're scared of us. And that's why at all costs they suppress us. Um, yeah. Because, you know, we were un, our power is unlimited, you know. Uh, does anyone else want to add to the Illuminati topic? <laughs> oh, I guess I'll jump in. <laughs> the Illuminati just kicks this. You see, <laughs> Illuminati, let, let's just examine the word the illuminated ones. Hey, that sounds like a pretty good thing. I think you guys are all illuminated. But this is what these occultists do, is they invert everything. They take yes. which is beautiful, and they invert it into their dark way. This is the great deceiver, as we've known. Uh, I, I'm no Bible scholar, but I'll say it's a big part of who Satan is in the Bible, as well as practically all cultures of the world have identified this negative force. And this is what has infected planet Earth for thousands of years. And they need their human cutouts. They need their little uh, puppets to do their dance for them. So this is where you get the secret societies, and uh, witchcraft, magic, the occult, and religion are all interceding in an occultic way. And by inverting a name like Illuminati and then making it of the dark arts, there's your inversion, people. This is what you see time and time again from these folks. Uh, and I'm not even sure they're all human, to be quite honest with you. So I'm really glad this discussion is also including uh, hybrids and interterrestrials and the various ET agendas that have infected planet Earth. But there are some agendas that are good agendas, the benevolent ETs. And as I always say in, in Many of my interviews uh, don't judge a being by, say, the color of their skin or their slits of their eyes or if they have scale or, or skin to begin with. But 
what is their intention? Are they in service to themselves or are they in service to all? And the benevolent ETs, bar none, are all in service to all. Those with an agenda, those who are deceiving, are in service to self. And that includes some ET races, but it would also include the so-called Illuminati, which have just morphed into the dark cabal, which have morphed into the globalists, which have worked morphed into this new world order agenda. If there's deception involved, that's the great deceiver, and it has to be done away with. We're all about truth, integrity, and transparency. And everything we say and all we research in our books and our lectures, because that's what we're moving towards in this human race. It is an age of transparency, and we have to call out the deception and those little cutout people who are doing the deceiving, call them out for what they're doing. And, and that's who I think the Illuminati is. Yeah, absolutely. I would I'm like a- to clarify one thing. Yeah. And, and that is the term collective. I know I've heard the term several times tonight. The difference between the dark side and the light side in the Fibonacci is that they're both a Fibonacci spiral. They both work off of resonance, the golden mean, and building uh, uh, constructive interference in their organizations. The difference is that the masculine side, the clockwise side, works through servitude. It works through a collective. Everybody does the same thing or else. The other side, the counterclockwise, the divine feminine, the creative side, is a collection of free will. There is no servitude. There is no collective. It's a collection of free souls. That's like herding cats, I know. But if we ever get our act together and all start singing the same song, the other side will dissolve in darkness. Amen to that. Yes. And I wasn't trying to be rude on my phone there just a minute ago. I, I couldn't remember what website uh, typing Illuminati backwards in took you to, but it takes you to the NSA website. Oh, yeah. oh God. <laughs> yeah, you just type in Illuminati doc, but backwards.com and it takes you to the NSA's website. Oh, you typed it in clockwise. I get it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. that's interesting. Um, Sherry, you've been quiet. Do you want to add anything to this? No, I mean, this, I love hearing everybody's perspective on this. I mean, there's always something I can input into it and the children's version of all of the things that the Illuminati, um, as Brad calls them, have have done to infiltrate and suppress and program them. Um, but we'll get into that in, in the presentation um, next month. So I have a lot to say. Mm, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Um, can you, uh, they want to repeat the name of the book. I don't know which book you're talking about, either the Fiat Uber Prophecy or 334 Lies. Um, both good books, I guess. Um, I don't know if we have any more questions. Vampires are real. Absolutely. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, that is, that's, that could be another webinar. Um, I guess I don't want to keep you guys too long so we can, uh, go around and I let you guys tell people how to follow you and where they can find you. Um, Brad, you can start with you. Yeah. Uh, Brad Olson.com is, where you can find out more about me and my projects that I'm working on different books coming up through CCC publishing, which also has all of my books and several other authors that I'm publishing and working with, including our newest author, Michael Jaco, intuitive warrior and his new book, 
The Awakening of a Warrior will be coming out later this year and introducing Laura Eisenhower with her first book, Into the Truth Frequency, which will be coming out spring next year. And so I'm excited to work on these projects. I've got book projects of my own. Uh, my 11th book will probably be on uh, Esoteric Antarctica is some chapters I'm starting to put together. And uh, uh, bradolson.com, you can also find me at all the uh, upcoming events I'm at, including the Journey to Truth. And I just got confirmed today on uh, Coast to Coast a week from tomorrow. Right. which I'm supposed to still be on the road in Sedona, Arizona. So let's see where I end up doing that interview. You'll have to tune in to find out because I'm not even sure right now where I'll be. But uh, yeah, certainly uh, talk up Journey to Truth. It'll be my next uh, conference after this weekend. And uh, really want people to come on out and have a showing or join us on the webinar. And you will get some incredible information as you've gotten from all of these great speakers here today. Yeah, that sounds amazing. Aaron and I are both writing books. Maybe we'll hit you up when we're done. Maybe <laughs> yeah. you should. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, Sherry, tell them about Aramis. Yeah, sorry, I should have mentioned that um, in my intro in the beginning. Um, I'm the founder of Aramis Creative Learning Center. So uh, a big part of my journey is creating an education uh, platform for Starseed children and children of the future, really all children. And so I have an online virtual school that's been in operation for several years now. We have 17 cartoon animation episodes and nine books, well, eight about to be nine books out. Um, I have two of my own adult books out. And so um, you can find me on my YouTube channel at under my name. Uh, my Instagram is under my name. And then aramiscreativelearning.com is our website. And I have intuitivewellnesscenter.com is my website where I work predominantly with adults um, and doing doing soul healing and other energy healing type of work. Um, so those are the main ways that people can get a hold of me. Mm -hmm. she, I think you're doing some incredible work with the children. There's nothing more important right now than the children uh, creating a new education system and pulling them out of the indoctrination system. Is yeah, and I'll be talking about that during the conference as well. Towards the end of my presentation, I'm going to spend a good, you know, part of the uh, last, probably last quarter of it, talking about education and and um, what we're doing with that. Yes, awesome, uh, Geraldine. Where can people follow you? Yeah, thank you. Um, you can visit my website at GeraldineRosco.com, and I'm founder of Bay Area Meditation here in San Francisco Bay Area. We do corporate wellness programs. Um, and I have a YouTube channel that I have a lot of this content. I go live every Sunday. You guys can access that information at Geraldine Orozco. I'll be speaking at Portal to Ascension at the end of this month, uh, April 21st to the 23rd in San Diego. So if you're there, please join me. We'd love to see you. And I'll also be in, um, of course, uh, Chicago with us in May 22nd and in Glastonbury, uh, August 11 to the 13th. So it's going to be a wonderful year and I look forward to connecting with all of you. Um, also, if you are an experiencer, you can join my experiencer group where we dive deep into these topics. It's offline and it's pr um, private. Um, so we talk and I answer a lot of these questions about the hybridization program, contact everything you want to uh, access. So you can reach that at hybridmother.com. Thank you very much for having me again.
Yeah, absolutely. And you said Chicago. It's actually Grafton, just to correct you. Um, Grafton. Yes, yeah. making sure. Sorry about, about a thousand miles south of Chicago. <laughs> right. yeah. It's yes. St. Louis. Come to the right St. place, St. please. Right. Um, <laughs> Brooks, where can people find you? Easy enough. Brooksagnew.com. Uh, everything's linked there. I am live Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and Sunday uh, at 8 p.m. Uh, Eastern time. So I have my own podcast. Uh, we're in, entering our 20th year this year. Wow, it's been a long time. Oh. I have uh, 12 books in print. I'm working on number 13, which is a sequel to the 12, uh, the, the 11th book, which was Charm of Favor. That's a story of the rise of the deep state. And uh, we're going to try to make that one into a big screen movie. But the previous books, the birth trilogy, is being made into a TV series. So... We just last week picked up our our main uh, actor, so hopefully by the end of this month we're through the producer and we're on to one of the networks to try to sell the scripts. So that that book that series is really great. It's eleven hundred pages, and it basically covers all this stuff. But uh, my book, "Remembering the Future: The Physics of the Soul and Time Travel," is a class. And I teach it a manifestation masterclass once a month uh, on a Saturday, uh, two Saturdays in a row, and then you get the signed uh, copy of the book. And I'll bring those books with me to the to Grafton as well. That's a, that's amazing. So, Rise it, of the Deep State is uh, this. It's called Charm of Favor. Oh, okay. Uh, the story behind it is we were watching James Comey testify one day, and he was lying. And my editor was on the phone with me, and I said, "He's lying." And she said, yeah, he's lying. I said, the crazy thing is they know he's lying and they're not doing anything about it. She said, I know it's like it's like he has a charm of favor on him. I said, what's that? She said, well, it's like a like a witch's spell. You put it on somebody and they go into the and the judge just says, wow, your hair looks wonderful today. It's a charm of favor, you know, where you can go through and you're immune to prosecution. And that became the title of the book. Interesting. <laughs> I did not know that. You learn something new every day. Um, Samuel, where can people find you, follow you? Yeah, people can search my name, Samuel Chong, C-H-O-N-G, and the title of the book, Theoba Prophecy. Theoba is pronounced as uh, Jehovah in French, and similar to the word uh, Jehovah, and there is a connection over there. It's spelled as T-H-I-A-O-O-U-B-A. And if you type the two, the my name and Theoba Prophecy on Google, you're gonna find me. And the website is uh, chinasona.org slash Theoba with a capital letter T. And you can also search my name on Facebook and probably Twitter and find me. Mm -hmm, absolutely. Um, guys, if you haven't read the Theoba Prophecy, I recommend it. Uh, that book hit me hard. It resonated deeply. Aaron read it too. Uh, Aaron, what did you think of it? Oh, it's it's incredible. It's it blew blew my mind. It's it just covers so much. Um, like you said, galactic history, uh, information about just all different things, like the great how the Great Pyramid was built in Bermuda Triangle, um, but the history of the human race, and then it, it just the story of 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 him being taken to this planet, and interacting with these ETs, and how they think and operate, and their civilization works, and their technology, and abilities and all this it's just it's fascinating um and you know you can kind of get you get the sense of the truth when you read something or you hear something it just resonates and that's what happened to me when i read it you can tell when something's made up and someone's just kind of like 
you know, making stuff up and trying to trying to trying to wow people or whatever. But I really sensed like this actually happened. This was this was a true story of um, what actually happened to him. And he's just he was just writing about it. You know, like mm-hmm. you can tell like he he wasn't trying to be, you know, he didn't know about any of this stuff when he was abducted and taken to this planet and experience. He just was like you know had this life changing experience and then they told him he needed to write a book and he's like all right i guess i have to write a book about this you know right so it's it's amazing if you haven't read it you need to get that book and read it um, and it gives a new perspective on um jesus and christ and that the biblical history um which i know aaron you coming from that background what, what are your thoughts on that aspect of the book did that resonate yeah yeah, that I had never heard that specific theory before, but it, it it makes a lot of sense. You know, I've heard multiple theories and I know, you know, because in the book, he says Jesus and Christ were two different beings. But to me, Christ was just like a title or or as in Christ consciousness, you know. Um, so maybe there were two beings. I'm not, you know, that that part. It's interesting, though. I, you know, I wouldn't doubt it. Um, but yeah, I mean. It, well, it, nothing, it, n- nothing should be the end all be all like all this right. stuff. This book is to get your wheels turning and, you know, to give you a new perspective on things, you know, right. because we're only handed so much. So anyway, I recommend maybe there guys, were two different beings and what like they're trying to make that point, like that, th- that they both got combined into like one story. You know, that's I wouldn't doubt that at all. Right. You know? Absolutely. Um, thank you guys so much for joining us. Uh tonight this has been a pleasure i hope you guys had some fun we hope to see you guys all at the conference it's not too late to grab a ticket four-day passes are available the four-day pass does come with a live stream pass as well that you can replay for six months Um, live stream passes are available and day passes are available if you can't make it for the entire trip Um, we hope to see you guys there it's going to be a lot of fun it's right around the corner Um, so come hang out with us we love you all Have a great evening, Um, and until next time, good night. Good night, guys. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.